This is D23 Inside Disney. We are going to take you through some of the best Disney stories of the week, get you an inside look at the people behind the magic of Disney. I'm Candace from Radio Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And I'm Jeffrey from D23. And we're the hosts that will take you inside Disney. Trying to think of an appropriate theme song since we're all three back together. Yay. We're all in together. this together. Oh, it's beautiful. Well done. Welcome back, Welcome everybody. Back. We're all here. It's been forever. It has. It has. And it's just, you know, another day at Disney. It's, in fact, one day at Disney. Finally, the book and series are out. Can't wait to chat with Laura Cabo, creative executive for Imagineering's Disney Cruise Line portfolio. We all know how I feel about Cruise Line. Oh, yeah. She is in One Day at Disney with you, Candace. Yes. But first, food crawl, Sherry. Oh. Spell. We, we need to hear. Okay. So I am still reliving this Disneyland food crawl. It was just the best. So basically, I joined the Disney Eats team on an all-day Disneyland food crawl, tasting all the different holiday treats at the parks. Some of my favorites were the apple pie funnel cake. Ooh. You guys. If you like funnel cake, if you like apple pie, if you like joy, you will love this treat. The churro shake at Schmoozie's was also Uh, to die for. mm. Oh, just all the cinnamon things. Guys, there is, oh, I can't speak. It was so good. She's overwhelmed. (laughs) I'm overwhelmed. It was great. I I, got to go back. I followed along on Instagram and I could tell because of your Christmas manicure which ones you were eating. I was like, oh my gosh, she's having the funnel cake. Yes. Oh, ooh, that reminds me. The sugar cookie churro at Carsland was also mm. amazing. Ugh, I'm, go- I'm going this weekend. I'm going soon. And by the way, happy birthday, Sherry. Oh, thank you, Candace. Why do you birthday keep this a secret from me? I, I, I wasn't going to let her. That's why I just outed her on the podcast. Thanks. It's her birthday week. But speaking of food, I think all of us probably ate quite a bit Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Amazing, bit, yeah. <laughs> amazing food. But the highlight for me for Thanksgiving is always watching whatever Disney balloons make it into the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah. And Olaf did not let down, I thought. No, oh, he was the best. Larger than life. Larger than life. Much like his own personality. Yeah. <laughs> And speaking of that, we do have to mention a little update to last week's stats. Frozen 2 has set a Thanksgiving weekend box office record. So this number is mind-blowing. $85.3 million in its second weekend and an unprecedented $132.7 million for the Wednesday to Sunday holiday frame. Wow. So pretty crazy. This is all on top of the opening weekend, which made it a global total of $739 million less than two weeks after opening. Wow. Woo. I loved it. I'm planning to see it many, many more times. Oh, man. It's so good. It is. I like going into the unknown. (laughs) Speaking of movies, Avatar 2, set for release in 2021. They just put out a photo on their Twitter marking the end of filming for 2019 of the sequel Avatar 2, which I'm sure will have a name at some point. Yeah. So excited. I I love that first movie, and I, of course, love going to Pandora Mm -hmm. at Disney's Animal Kingdom. So cannot wait for the sequel. The photo's so cool, too. It shows how giant that set is i can't wow. i can't believe it it's gonna be epic people for sure speaking of epic speaking of movies speaking of new things speaking of people speaking of people <laughs> the first black widow trailer from marvel studios is out yes. and man it looks amazing so scarlett johansson returns as black widow slash natasha romanoff and it looks like we get a look into her past and her family And her co-star is the amazing Florence Pugh, big fan of her work. Mm. And she plays, well, Natasha calls her 
her sister in the trailer. So we'll figure mm. out what's happening there. I love in the trailer the, that fight. They actually showed a longer version of that at the expo. And the choreography for that is amazing. I can't imagine what it took to choreograph that scene. It seems like this film is going to be filled with drama, both in the action sequences and the family dynamic. I mean, it's and, and a little be bit great. of humor, a and little humor. bit of humor. Yeah, Rachel Weisz has a good crack in that trailer. And of course, David Harbour is in it. So I'm sure we'll get plenty of humor, too. <laughs> that comes out in May 2020. And also 2020, a whole fleet of new events coming from D23, the official Disney fan club, including what's going to definitely be the marquee event for 2020, D23 Destination D Fantastic World. So Destination D, it's the big event that we do in the off expo years, usually at Walt Disney World Resort. It's going back to Walt Disney World Resort, November 20th to the 22nd. It's going to be exploring Disney's many magical places. And again, there's going to be an original exhibit from the Walt Disney Archives. Mickey's of Glendale, which is the Walt Disney Imagineering store, is going to be there. So there's going to be a lot more details on that coming in the new year. But also, we talked about the Walt Disney Archives celebrating its 50th anniversary. So, of course, there's the D23 member preview of that. Plus, because of the Archives' 50th anniversary on June 22nd, which is the actual anniversary of the founding of the Archives, there's going to be an exclusive D23 member event at the Bowers Museum in the exhibit. So that's going to cool. be awesome. Plus, they're adding more movies, more studio lot tours. Oh, some of the movies, though, you guys are going to love it. Okay. Emperor's New Groove. Oh, I love that movie. Pocahontas. Yes. Goofy movie. Ah. Some real fun movies are going to be celebrated next year. Cannot wait. And they also announced they're kicking off. I believe it is sold out, but they are kicking things off across the Pacific. They are doing a member meetup in Hawaii at Aulani. How cool is that? So a lot of great events coming. You can, of course, read more about them at d23.com slash events. There you go. We're talking everything 2020, I feel like. But we can't get there without New Year's Eve, guys. That's true. (laughs) So Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest 2020 has announced some more hosts. So it's very exciting this year. Lucy Hale is going to co-host with Ryan in Times Square. She's actually hosted before in the New Orleans party. A little PLL action there. Love it. (laughs) Love Love her. So Billy Porter will also be this year's host of the Central Time Zone Party, the Countdown in New Orleans. Love him on Pose. So good. Love him on Pose. So good. And Sierra, she's returning for her third year to the LA festivities. Now, we don't know who's going to perform just yet. It's five and a half hours of big performances, reports from festivities around the globe, and it all starts Tuesday, December 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Well, don't put away your 2020 calendars just yet because there is more 2020 (laughs) excitement coming up from Disneyland. Disneyland After Dark events have just been announced for winter and spring. So it's four different events. You get to stay in the park after hours and experience unique entertainment, special food, themed photo ops, all kinds of merch. Have you done these? They are so cool. I want to. They're so cool. It feels like you've got the park kind of to yourselves. The photo ops are always amazing. Disneyland turns it out for those. They are always bringing out like cool characters you've never seen. And and, uh, Sherry, I know you've got more to say about it, but I was, I'm just, (laughs) excited there's so much more to see so first up we'll have 80s night that's on january 29th at disneyland park they're bringing back videopolis yes that sounds so oh my gosh so i've been watching the imagineering story and they show a little bit of videopolis and it looks so rad (laughs) cannot wait yes there'll be a themed fireworks show and of course you'll get to meet some of the disney friends of yesteryear Then coming up on February 12th and 13th is Sweethearts Night at Disneyland. And here you're invited to a glitzy royal ball 
And we're celebrating Disney couples like Cinderella and Prince Charming, Mickey and Minnie, Aladdin and Jasmine, all of your favorites. And of course, there'll be tons of romantic photo ops featuring scenes from iconic Disney movies. I'll be sitting at home watching <laughs> Disney Plus that night. <laughs> <laughs> then on March 5th, we've got Pixar Night, which I'm most excited for. So there, there'll be all kinds of interactive dance parties. You'll get to meet Russell and Carl, Joy and Sadness, and of course, photo ops galore. Then, last but not least, on April 30th is Villains Night at Disney California Adventure Park. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. (laughs) There you go. The Villains Cabaret sounds really great. So they'll have a cast of outlaws singing and dancing. Love it. (laughs) And, of course, you'll have sing-alongs, dance parties, and photo ops themed to villain lairs and thrones. So don't forget to visit Disneyland.com for more details and tickets. Did we mention photo ops? I know. There's a lot of photo ops happening there, Sherry. A lot of photo ops. A lot of photo ops. That's not the only new thing coming to Disneyland. No, what else is coming? They're taking an already beloved attraction, Snow White Scary Adventures, and they are plussing it up next year. Mm -hmm. Did you see this? Yes, yeah. It sounds like they're updating the inside and the outside in 2020. So we'll get all kinds of enhanced story details, new scenes, Imagineers are going to be using state-of-the-art audio and visual technology to really amp this up. I'm excited because at Walt Disney World, when they had the attraction there, you actually got to the end of the movie. And here you've got the evil queen and her evil form, Mm -hmm. throwing a rock down, you see lightning come out, and then it's happily ever after. So I'm very (laughs) excited to actually get to the full full story. story. I'm very excited. I think it's cool. So that's going to be happening next year as both Disneyland and the attraction celebrate their 65th anniversary. Wow. Very, very cool. cool. Very cool. Going from Disneyland to our friends at Disney World who had some big announcements this week during their Star Wars Rise of the Resistance opening event. A lot of these are dates. We've been waiting for dates on some of the cool things coming to the resort. Totally. Yeah. And they did not disappoint. First off, the trio of films that were announced not so long ago, Awesome Planet in the Land Pavilion, Beauty and the Beast Sing Along in the France Pavilion, and Canada Far and Wide in Circle Vision 360 in the Canada Pavilion are all opening on January 17th. Mark your calendars. And to top it off, for the Beauty and the Beast Sing Along, Disney legend. Disney legend. And the original voice of Mrs. Potts, Angela Lansbury, is providing original narration. Wow. She's the best. She is. Next up, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is opening March 4th at the studios. I've heard from people working on the attraction. This is truly next level. Guests are really going to feel like they are being transported from our real world into one of the Mickey and Minnie cartoon shorts, where, as they say... Mouse rules apply. Also opening in March, we have the Mickey Shorts Theater in Disney's Hollywood Studios, where you can catch more of the very cool Mickey and Minnie shorts that are on Disney Channel. This summer, get ready for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure in the France Pavilion. I had a chance to do this at the Walt Disney Studios Park at Disneyland Paris this summer. So excited about that. So cool. So let's talk about the adorable rat attraction vehicles that you will get to go in. Those are the cutest darn rats this side of Remy, I got to tell you. You go in a trackless vehicle, scurrying through the floor of Gusto's restaurant as you're being chased. It is way fun. Cannot wait to do it at Disney World this summer. I'm so excited. This summer at Expo, we heard a lot of news from Bob Chapek about Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, where guests are going to be immersed in their own personalized Star Wars vacations, living Star Wars 24-7, 
guests will be able to start experiencing that in 2021. Plus, and this may be my own personal favorite announcement, they announced Disney's DuckTales World Showcase Adventure. Now, I've been a fan of these World Showcase Adventures since Kim Possible. I love me some Phineas and Ferb, and I cannot wait to join Scrooge, Donald, Launchpad, Webby, and the nephews in search of priceless treasure using the Disney Parks app, of course, when this new attraction debuts. Lots more info on this, plus a whole new slew of restaurants on the Disney Parks blog. And to catch all the Star Wars Rise of the Resistance coverage, you can visit d23.com. Our fabulous, intrepid reporter, Jocelyn Buhlman, has been there all week covering all the events. There you go. What is there not to love about the parks? I'm there for it. One more thing we have to get to before our guests. Disney Plus, we've got another game show that's been announced. This is called Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. And this tests young contestants' abilities in the core Jedi principles, so strength, knowledge, and bravery. They're going to face obstacles, and basically they're trying to achieve the rank of Jedi Knight. Now, Ahmed Best, who you know as Jar Jar Binks, he's going to host the show. He's also going to be joined by a humanoid droid companion voiced by Mary Holland, and this is going to launch in 2020. So what a cool game show. The only thing I don't like about it is that I can't compete. So that's starting in 2020, but today, this week, we are celebrating the launch of One Day at Disney, the incredible book, documentary and streaming series. Including our very own Candace. Including our very own Candace Valdez. Thanks, guys. It's so exciting. It's been a project way more than a year in the making. The book is gorgeous. The series is really moving. And to celebrate, not only do we have our own fabulous co-host, Candace, mm-hmm. we actually also have Laura Cabo, the creative executive for Imagineering's Disney Cruise Line portfolio. Perhaps we also brought her on because of the cruise line part. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> We're not biased or anything. Nope, not at all. <laughs> well, Laura, as the resident cruise line geek, I am so excited. We're all excited, but mm-hmm. I'm really, really excited <laughs> to have you here today. So welcome. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. We're so happy to have you here. So tell us how you first got your start at Disney. Ooh, well, let's see. Um, long ago and far away, like way before you were born, um, <laughs> my firm in Boston was asked to partake in a competition to design some resorts for Disney. It was like 1992. And we won, and we got the award for this resort in Orlando. It was Coronado Springs. And we went on to design about nine different hotels and Mm -hmm. things for Disney. We worked with Wing Chow, who's now a newly installed Disney legend. This summer at D23 Expo. I saw him at Expo, I know. And then I saw him at the pool at the Grand Californian, and I was like, oh, Oh, wow. Someone, someone was working hard girl. at the expo. <laughs> we just had lunch with Wing on Tuesday to celebrate his legend status. Oh, so fun. that was super cool. But we go way back. And so I worked out of Boston, you know, as a designer and architect for like over 20 years with Wing. And we went around the world together designing things like in Paris and Orlando and even here in Los Angeles. Can, can you give us some specifics that you worked on? Sure. I worked on the first off property resort which is Vero Beach, uh, worked on the town of Celebration and did the Celebration Hotel there, the Celebration Office Building, the Celebration High School, Celebration... Celebration. Yes, <laughs> Celebration everything. Gosh, so many other things. I'm just... A That's lot amazing. Of them. Yeah, and then one day I got a call from a headhunter um, to ask if I was interested in coming to California. And I'm like, for what? <laughs> and they said, well, you could work for Imagineering. And I'm like, Imagineering? Like, I really don't even know what that is. Like, is that where Wing worked? 
And they said, yes. And why don't you come out and visit? And I'm like, but my husband is from Boston. <laughs> and he loves the Red Sox and the Celtics <laughs> and the Patriots. And we hate the Lakers. We can't come here. Oh, no. <laughs> and they said, just come. Just come and take a look. So it was during the beginning of Shanghai. And I was out on the green space one day. And all of these people came out dressed as pirates. And I think it was for the planning of Shanghai, you know, the pirates ride. And I just thought, oh my gosh, where else can you like work in a place like this? I was making a huge transition at work anyway, where I was going to sort of take on the leadership of the firm for the future. And I decided to come. So I completely changed my life. I dragged my husband and my two kids across country and my dog. And seven years ago, then I started here at Imagineering in Glendale. Wow. wow, no pirates in Boston. No, Boston hmm. Tea Party, but no pirates. <laughs> okay. Well, you're now working on creative development for three new cruise ships. How does that sort of differ from other projects that you've done before? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I whenever anyone asks me what it's like, for me, it's like working on one of the seven wonders of the world. Like, I think at the pyramids immediately. Like, how do you build these things? Yeah. It's crazy. It's like a skyscraper sideways. You know, it's three football fields long. It's 200 feet tall. And it floats, right? Like, that's it floats at just 21 feet of, of depth, right? Wow. That's all the water depth it takes to keep this massive thing floating. So the engineering part of it is fascinating to me. My dad was in the Navy. He was on destroyers, naval destroyers for a long time. And going to the shipyard for the first time, I often tell people this story. I just felt my dad, who passed away about eight years ago, I'm in the shipyard and I'm looking up at this you know, hulking ship. It's not our ship, but it's a ship in there. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I could feel my dad on my shoulders. Like, oh. look at you. Like, look what you're doing. Like, who gets the chance to do that? Yeah. There's like 100,000 architects in the U.S. And I don't know how many are doing what I get the opportunity to do. It's insane. That is. Wow. Yeah. Your job sounds so cool. In my head, your office is a cruise ship. <laughs> so how often do you get to take the cruises for research trips? Well, it sounds like not as often as you guys have gone. <laughs> no one can Guilty. beat Jeffrey at that. <laughs> well, I'm, okay, to be totally transparent, when Bob Weiss, the president of Walt Disney Imagineering, came to me and said to me in my former role, which was leading global architecture, uh, said, Laura, why don't you go take a look at the cruise ships in Florida? Have you ever been on a cruise? And I said, no. <laughs> so does that work? And so that was actually my first cruise was the first week I went to go take a look at the cruise ships. And it was just, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't think it was really planned that I was going to maybe take this role. But I went, I sort of looked at what folks were doing. I became so enamored with them and sort of dove right in. And then it just ended up escalating. And that became my permanent role. What a gift. It's just the most, one of the most unusual things you could be working on. Wow. I feel like, and you would know better than I, what makes Disney Cruise Line head and shoulders above the rest is the fact that not everyone comes from a cruise line designing background. You bring in all these incredible talents, Imagineers and entertainment executives and, and even hoteliers who maybe weren't from the cruise line industry and they're able to infuse this quality of, that Disney brings to any project regardless of whether it's at sea or on land. And actually that goes back to the foundation of 
creating Disney Cruise Line. We haven't had that history. And I think there was a notion that, you know, we could do something a little different. And I think, you know, they started with the big red boat. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was so successful, but it wasn't ours. And so the, the big risk was, could we go out there and actually design and construct our own ships and then become a cruise line company, right? And that was a huge risk because, you know, there there's many very, very successful companies out there that know everything about it. But we do bring, as you said, something very, very different. And that's our stories. And it's our human connection. So, you know, when people get on our cruise ships, we have the sort of thing that no one else has, which is this connection to our brand. You get on another cruise ship, any other cruise ship, and you're going on to have a wonderful vacation and go to a great port of call and have lots of great food. But with ours, it's more than that. And so designing it is not the normal thing either. You're not just designing, you know, the structure of it. And, you know, really the most important thing is how can we create these experiences that are just going to really tug at everyone's heartstrings or make everyone laugh or scream or something, you know? So... I feel like our privilege on the cruise ships, our team, which is actually pretty large, we're able to take everything that Imagineering does and put it into one thing, you know, this floating city. So we have attractions, we have immersive experiences, we have theater, we have, you know, food and dining, and it's incredible, all of it. You have to know how to do everything. Yeah. What's something unique that you've created that you could talk about on any of the ships? Because I remember when I went on, just it was like the lighting or like this random Mickey thing on the couch or like anything unique that you could talk about that you've designed or created? I think our existing ships, which were designed under the tutelage of Wing Chow, I mean, he did an amazing job. They're so distinctive, like that look that he came up with, you know, that that look is classic and it's Disney and it's recognized around the world. No one else has that look. The beautiful dark blue hull and the gold life rafts, which are, you know, no one else has that. You know, we had to get a special sort of dispensation to be able to do that because all other life boats are orange. But ours are gold to match Mickey's shoes. And our funnels are red. And we have a fake funnel. Everyone else has just one funnel. But we have a fake funnel because it looks better. And then we do cool things in the funnel, too. So what is the special thing that we're going to do? Well, we're taking these incredible ships and we're building upon them. So we're just leaning very deeply into our brand so that we can just really bring even more immersive, incredible experiences on board. And we just are leaving nothing unturned. When they were creating the the dream class and they created the magical portholes and we got a chance to preview those before the, the guests did... I thought only Disney can do this, but it also took an incredible amount of pre-planning. It wasn't something you could build a ship and and then execute. You actually had to think about all that wiring and the technology of it and the cameras and all of that long before the ship was under construction. Have you found yourself, you don't have to reveal anything, but feel free. We're just four of us here <laughs> sitting here chatting, all good. But have you had that kind of planning and pre-planning involved in this? Absolutely. As I mentioned, our, our existing cruise ships are amazing, but we have just looked at them really, really critically, as critically as we can, to change things around on the next fleet of ships. So, you know, taking a look at what's something that we could improve on. And we're making a difference in our next, our Triton class. And in terms of technology, yeah, I mean... 
we all live in this technology filled world, you know, so the best thing you can do is just, you know, provide all the backbone and all of the infrastructure. So we think that we're doing that, that we're planning ahead because, you know, by the time we launch in two years on our first ship, so many things will be different. So, I mean, even like when you look at just television, something as simple as televisions in the staterooms, we're hoping that there's like these really cool advances so that we just get like the best of the best. You know, you can't really select it right now. You've got to wait. And you know all about the Disney Wish, which is going to be a very enchanting and magical ship. So I think we have said that we're creating distinct identities for our ships. So we want people to really connect with these very individual personalities. I mean, these ships have personalities. Ooh. Well, then to dive in a little on that on something that has been revealed, we know Rapunzel will be there at oh, the, yes. the on the, the stern. Thank you. I, <laughs> directions are not easy for me on the stern of the ship. And it was explaining Rapunzel, of course, wishes. But uh, wishing is something that's certainly inherent in so many of our projects at Disney and, and so much of our content and our characters. Why was Rapunzel the right fit for the wish? We really want to take the opportunity for everything that we select for each particular ship to fit. So the Disney wish needs to really have a heroine or a hero on the stern of the ship that really reflects that. So the whole story of Rapunzel, you know, who is out there wondering what all those magical lanterns are, you know, and she's just wishing for something. She just, why am I drawn to this? You know, she has this deep wish. She needs to leave where she's grown up and she needs to go find this, you know, really become whole. So we hope on some higher level that it's not just a cruise that people are taking, but that we can really unlock that passion in everybody who comes onto our ships or into any of our attractions. You know, I think we all love being, all of us, being part of this kind of bigger thing. You know, we promise on the very least to just give everybody like a magical day. But what we really hope is that we're changing the world, you know, Mm -hmm. and making it a better place. Absolutely. Speaking of, of projects that are a part of a bigger thing... Yes. You and Candace. <laughs> Yay! One day at Disney. We've been talking about it for so long, but the book is finally out and the documentary streaming on Disney Plus, of course. So tell us a little bit about what it was like for you to be a part of One Day at Disney. I should have brought my book and I, I would have had you book. sign it. <laughs> I did bring my book, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like really honored, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I just have this really unusual job. It's uh, like a sort of this small fleet of people that get to work on fleet we're fleet. always using. Nice. I know, it's like, you know, are you on board yet? Yes, let's get on board. All these things. We have a lot of cruise talk. Um, I really wish that we could have gone over to Germany to film. You know, we actually don't haven't even cut any steel yet but we will be in the spring and and there's sort of all of these exciting things that happen you know there's the laying of the keel there's every ship when it's built there's a special coin that's designed for the ship that's laid in the keel and of course at disney you know we design that it's something that's very collectible we just finished the design of it and i can't wait you know i i don't know how we give them all out but it's super cool so i'm looking ahead to all of those things you know besides just the launch you know, when we get to cross the big bad ocean. <laughs> Speaking of the big bad ocean, in your story, you talk about you and your team jumping into the North Sea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, 
our team, which is amazing because we have a Disney office at Meyerwerft in Poppenburg, Germany, this little bucolic village. There's probably about 40 people there now. A number of them have relocated here from the States and they'll be there for four years. And then we have external designers that work with us as well. So they're located in Sweden and Oslo and Poland and London and New York. So our team has the privilege of we have to go to these places, you know, because we have to work with them. And Oslo is an amazing location. The architect that works there is one of the best marine architects in the world, in the industry. And they have an office, an architecture office, that sits on the end of a long pier. And it's on the North Sea. And across from it is this island with views of a historic palace. It's just absolutely beautiful. So one of the staff members, he jumps into the sea every day and swims. It's kind of like that Scandinavian thing, right? You know, his skin is good. He's like super healthy. (laughs) And we said, well, if you do that every day, then I think maybe we should do that. So that night at dinner, we planned and, you know, I said, who's going to join me? We're going to do this tomorrow at the hottest temperature of the day. (laughs) (laughs) At noon. At noon, because it was end of September. It was a little brisk in Oslo, Norway. And I would say during the course of the next morning, Only one person brought their stuff to jump in with me. But by noon, I had convinced (laughs) about 12 people to strip out of their clothes into, you know, their workout clothes or whatever we had. And we all held hands on the pier while all of our other teammates looked on. And by the way, they have the opportunity to do this this year since they didn't do it last year but about 12 of us held hands we all jumped in the north sea and as the sun was beginning to sort of set because it was probably like two o'clock in the afternoon the sun was going down that's so cool (laughs) but it was great and it was cold but it you know team building i think is something that disney's particularly good at Mm -hmm. you know we're huge vast teams everybody has amazing expertise like just in this room like all of the backgrounds that you guys come from i just am always fascinated by that it's one of the best things about working in this company totally agreed so when you found out just probably a little less than a year ago that you were going to be a part of one day at disney did you have any idea of what this was going to be become now that you've seen the book and, presum- and some of the series? No, no, not at all. I just thought it was, you know, one day, <laughs> you know, where they just, they filmed you and they interviewed you and, you know, it was cool, but like that it would be just that. And now it's like this thing that's just sort of snowballing. And now looking at the book and the range of people in the book, it's just so fascinating. So definitely, I think that it's pulling back the curtain. I think a lot of people out there don't know all of these incredible, cool things that you can do at Disney. I mean, certainly, like, coming from architecture, people come out of architecture school and they think, you know, the traditional route, like I first did. I'm going to go work in a firm. I'm going to go work on these buildings. People often say to me, oh, you mean... Disney has architects it's like yes you know how do you think we design Main Street or you know all Mm of all of our attractions and then even our but even our own team members are like wait we have cruise ships yes (laughs) (laughs) some of them not you yeah those people need to meet Jeffrey (laughs) exactly well you mentioned you'd worked in architecture for many years before joining Disney so what makes Disney so special to you you mentioned a few things about team building and I always say Disney is like this massive buffet. And, you know, it depends on your appetite. 
there's just so many incredible people, so many different backgrounds. You know, like we have an acoustician in Imagineering who comes from the aerospace industry. You know, we have riot engineers. You name it, we have it. Like going down to publishing the other day, like these artists, there's artists down there that worked with Walt. And it's like they, they crank out these paintings. It's unbelievable. Just so many people. I mean, you go down to R&D, you know, there's robots walking around all over the place. Like there, there's just whatever you could think up, like we're doing it. Anybody could work here. It's crazy. Yeah, like we're all from different places too and you wound up here from Boston. It's I came from Dallas. It's like Sherry yeah. from Amarillo. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey it's from really wherever cool. I'm from. Jeffrey from the cruise line. From. <laughs> <laughs> right. He has the address. His second address yeah. on the cruise line. Well, Laura, we yeah. end every interview asking our guest what their favorite Disney memory has been. So if you had to pick one, what would you what would you say? One. Oh, there's a bunch. I mean, now that I work here, there's so many. You know, like the rope drop and watching the parents and the kids running in. But I have to say my personal one would be my brother, who is now, he's a Delta captain, who I actually sometimes see in Amsterdam when I'm flying over to Germany. I have seen him wow. there. When he was three and I was five, I remember my mom letting us stay up late to watch the wonderful world of Disney. I'm not sure if yeah. that's what it was called, but it was with Walt. Like, I'm old enough, yes. I watched television <laughs> and Walt was on it on Sunday nights at 7.30. And we were wearing um, sort of twin pajamas my mom made they were like it was sort of Christmas you know red and white striped with little hats but we used to do that like every Sunday night that was fun Oh, that's so special. That. Yeah. Laura's on page 138 and 39 of the book, guys. Just FYI, if you're, <laughs> if you're following along with your one-day Disney book. What page are you on? Candace is on page 60. Of 60, Whoa. sorry. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Got to earmark those pages. So fun. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Such this was awesome to meet all of you. Yeah, Great so to meet cool. you. I want to go on a cruise ship more than ever before. <laughs> Well, a Disney cruise specifically. Okay, 2021, <laughs> meet me over in Germany, I, and we'll go across right, the Atlantic down. Ocean. So 2021, guys? Ooh, is it yeah, too early really to cruising? book now? I don't think so. We can look into it. should have asked her that. Uh, <laughs> Laura, come back. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And don't forget for all the latest Disney news, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney. Disney.